first ever Rockcast, which is a podcast slash Zoomcast from Rockhurst University. So we welcome you wherever you're listening. If it's on the Rockhurst campus, if it's in Kansas City, the Midwest, United States, around the world, we have Rockhurst alumni everywhere. So uh, glad to have you. So what is the Rockcast? Well, it is a podcast slash Zoomcast. So you will be able to see this on YouTube. Uh, that's that's by students for students. So essentially, uh, you're getting a, a college student's view on what's going on today, uh, be it on campus, in the city, uh, or around the country or world. Got some great students at Rockers with really valuable opinions that we want to hear. So today, what we're going to be talking about is uh, the reality of being in college in the year 2020. Um, 2020 has been a unique year, to say the least, <laughs> um, and it seems like it's never going to end. But uh, we were able to open up the university. Uh, we are going as strong as we can, and we'll talk about that as well as what's going on in America today um, and get the students' perspectives there. So I am going to turn this over to Brianna and Vince. If you guys want to introduce yourself, and then we'll get going. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Chad. Uh, my name is Vince Rosquetta, uh from Kansas City, Missouri, uh, and I'm a senior nursing major here at Rockers. Hello, everyone. My name is Brianna Merrill. I'm from originally St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm currently here at Rockers as a sophomore majoring in physics of medicine and minoring in business administration and leadership development. Excellent. So here it is. Someone comes up to you and they say, how different is college this year in the year 2020? What's your response? Oh, it's very different. Um, and I think because we're returning college students, we can definitely see the difference um, more so than like a first year student. But even as far as like the environment here on campus, um, it's kind of really hard to meet new people because you're um, having social distancing and then a lot of people are starting to stay in their rooms more often. So the def it's definitely a different feel on college campus. Um, it's definitely not how I thought my sophomore year would go, but we're just kind of rolling with things that's going on and trying my best to adapt to everything. On my end, uh, it's completely different. Um, Rogers University, for my class at least, uh, is finishing up uh, their partnership with Research College of Nursing and Research College of Nursing is completely online this semester. Um, so definitely different feel. I, I like being in the classroom. I like being able to hang out with my classmates. Uh, and it's just been really tough um, pretty much teaching myself nursing school, which is the last thing any nursing student kind of wants to go through has been really difficult. So uh, if anything, you know, just hard content that gets harder being completely online. It kind of feels a little bit uh, isolating. Um, so um, that hasn't really made anything really easier for us. <laughs> so Vince, since you uh, talk about um, you know, having to do a lot of it yourself, uh, contrast this year with last year. Like what's a normal day last year for you as a nursing student and then a normal day this year? Uh, once you make it to the nursing program, you kind of go away with like the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday classes that you're used to in college. Uh, every class pretty much becomes a two and a half to three hour lecture once a week. And that's kind of what I'm used to. Um, we had that first semester of junior year and then half of the second semester of junior year. Uh, right now, all of our professors are pre-recording their lectures um, on PowerPoint and doing like a voiceover for them and then uploading it. 
So going to school now, it's kind of as if you were going to school completely online, which we pretty much are. It's here's all the content, do it by Sunday at 11.59. And then there's a few mandatory Zooms where we get the whole school together or um, my class or a certain class together for like test prep, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it really does, you know, put a lot of pressure on the students with just a bunch of deadlines and deadlines. Uh, that we have to make in addition for the material being hard enough. Um, typically also in a normal semester you have uh, scheduled clinicals which we luckily thank god we still have um, but scheduling those around you know making sure that you have to have that you know dedicated study time has been really difficult because it's easy you know if I have to be there at 9 a.m for a lecture I go to 9 a.m for the lecture well it's a little bit harder when it's all on you to get up and actually watch the lectures yourself. Gotcha. And Brianna, um, what's it, what's it like for you? How many classes are online? How many do you get to go to? Yeah. So I actually have a great mix, which is why I don't feel zoomed out. I know a lot of my friends are feeling zoomed out around this time. Um, but it's a great mix. So I have a few that are asynchronous and that's pretty much, we don't have to meet over zoom each week at a certain time period. So usually my professor schedules work in the beginning of the week and it's due at the end of the week. Then I have one class that's specifically on Zoom, and then we also take our tests and quizzes on Zoom. And then I also have three in-person classes, one of which is optional. So if you don't want to come in person, there are online opportunities for that. So it's definitely a different feel, but I actually, although it's different, I honestly like it this way because it gives you more flexibility with your schedule. Um, last year, it was a very strict schedule, like you go to this class at this time, and so being able to have that freedom to kind of gauge like what's best for you and your learning style, that's what I like the most about this year. So. Okay, and you're an RA, right? Yes, I am an RA. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned that, um, uh, you know, it's kind of diff more difficult to meet people this year and new people this year and whatnot. How are you seeing uh, the social scene, so to speak, on campus um, and like the, how different students, extroverts, introverts, and whatnot are, are coping with this. Absolutely. Like, even like being on like the RA end of things, it's kind of crazy because like, I remember last year, at least in my opinion, our class was very close. Like a lot of us knew each other. And so now with the separation of like, the freshman halls are now co-ed. And so it's not like all the girls know each other, all the guys or whatever the case may be. Um, that's not the case this year. And so like, I'll never forget, like sometimes one end of my hall will never meet the other end of their hall because they usually kind of like bunch up in like one area. And so it's just kind of like amazing to watch. And so like, even as like their RA, I try to my best to make different programs and stuff where you can be socially distanced, but also meet new people. And I feel like since I am an RA, I don't have those issues of meeting new people and being able to see a lot of people um, I definitely think it would have been different if I wasn't an RA. But luckily, um, a lot of my organizations host in-person and Zoom um, meetings. And so I meet a lot of new people. So I don't really have that issue, but I can see why someone else would. What do you think it's like for freshmen this year coming in uh, as compared to, you guys said, you know, you're both returning students. So you know how different it is this year. What do you think the experience is like for freshmen right now? Absolutely. Um, I try my best not to tell them 
well, last year it would have been like this, or mm -hmm. usually it's like this because I don't want them to feel like they're missing out on so much than they already are. And so a lot of them, um, even when it comes to the calf, they didn't know what the calf looked like. So that's their normal. Whereas someone like me, I know how the calf used to be the place to go. People would go just to talk sometimes, not even eat. And so having those social gatherings, um, I don't think it's something that they miss out on. It's because they don't know how it was like. Um, but I kind of tell them like a few things that happened because they're genuinely curious and they want to know like what that college experience is like. Um, I definitely feel like some of them feel like they're missing something in college, which I definitely understand. Um, and so having that transition from high school to college and having kind of your senior year cut short, um, I really do feel for them. And so hopefully within the coming years, they can eventually get that true college experience. And Vince, how about your experience this year and, and from what you've noticed from first year students and stuff, um, just the, the non-academic side, how's that, how's that all been? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest strengths that going to a small school like Rockers kind of offers you is a strong sense of community, but big challenge with COVID as we've kind of figured out over the last few months this year, how do you build that community when you can't even have any events for anybody? Um, family weekends, one in particular that I know is huge. Um, soccer, a lot of people go out to go see the games over there. And all the different student organizations don't really have an opportunity to kind of showcase themselves to the new students to try to recruit new members to those different organizations through their events because we can't have them. And so I feel like that's something that unfortunately just with the world that we live in today that they don't really get. And I feel like that first, you know, fall freshman year experience, there's just so much going on on campus um, the first few months well, for people to have those interactions to build community. And so from what, what I've noticed for this year's class, you know, I just think intentionality is going to be something that um, that they really need to strive for, really be intentional with like, you know, don't just sit in your, well, see, that's the hard part too. You can't do, I mean, we actually would prefer for you to just sit and play video games in your room, right? Like, but obviously there's other ways to connect with people as well, um, virtually kind of like we're doing here today. It's just that you're gonna have to be a lot more intentional with it. You can't just happen by, go and make community wherever you can. You actually go out and get it. Do you find that a lot of people are doing a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff off campus in small groups or uh, are they really staying at home or staying in the dorm room? Um, or, or I think, uh, what is it like four you can have in a room or something like that? Off campus, it's kind of a catch 22 too because um, on campus, there is a hundred person limit, um, I believe, uh, if you have an outdoor event, uh, maximum capacity of the room if you run an indoor event. If you're having people over to your uh, off-campus house, it's a 10-person limit, uh, so it's even tighter restrictions. So what I what I've actually seen from a lot of the upperclassmen is, pick your you know five best friends, and those are the people who can come over, which is something that a lot of us have been struggling too. Especially you know, if you have a wider social circle, you know maybe there's 20 or 30 people you want to hang out with, but you live with six roommates or five roommates, you can only pick five. I've, I've heard some people even like coming up with like schedules like, okay, yeah, you can have your set of friends here on this weekend, your set of friends the next and kind of budgeting out the time. So it kind of goes back to that intentionality too. You can't just kind of sit around and wait for people to come by. You actually have to be intentional and plan out what you're going to be doing socially. Are you seeing the same thing, Brianna? Absolutely. Um, I try my best to encourage people definitely go out and 
those organizations or talk to new people. Um, I try my best when I'm on campus and I see someone new, try to say, hi, um, how are you doing? And those different things. And so I really like that he um, emphasized intentionality because that's very key, especially during this time, especially on a college campus. I know a lot of, um, uh, in, an, in a quote unquote normal year, there's a lot of activities for like first year students, freshmen, in order to get them uh, acclimated to college life quickly. Um, have you guys noticed that there has been maybe more homesickness this year or has there been more, has there been less because they've been able to kind of connect uh, quicker and maybe a little bit, um, I don't want to say deeper, but uh, just you're a lot closer, a lot faster finding those, like I've been said, finding some close friends fast. Um, I guess I would say that it's kind of mixed. Um, just like a normal year, a lot of people can be homesick. Um, I don't really think that COVID had a big impact on that. Um, I'm sorry, I have to. <laughs> to clear my throat. I was like, oh, that sounds weird. Okay. No Anyways, what was the question? Uh, basically, first-year students, uh, freshmen, are they more homesick, less homesick? What's the uh, the effect on, on them? Because usually there is a, a ton of social stuff at the beginning to help them. Yes, I definitely think that um, there are a few that I've noticed that are more homesick. But at the same time, I think a lot of them are very grateful because a lot of college campuses and their friends back at home, they're still at home, like their colleges aren't even in session. So I think there's kind of like this balance between I'm even just grateful to be at campus. However, you know, you don't get to see your family that much. And especially since like Rockhurst doesn't really encourage too much travel, um, it's kind of hard to really see your family. I know me personally, I don't want to do a lot of traveling back and forth from home just because I'm currently around so many people and my parents aren't. Um, so that's definitely like something that I've personally had to adjust to even though I'm not um, a first year student. But um, yeah, I definitely would say that there's like a mix between the two. Okay. And uh, Vince, you're a senior obviously. Um, do you find that like academically are upperclassmen um, do they have the discipline, I guess you could say, to to put in all the time to teach themselves um, certain things, as the case may be? Um, a lot, a lot of autonomy this year on doing stuff on your own. Um, do you think it's going okay? I guess you could say. I mean, that's kind of a general question, but really, it's uh, some people need that uh, that social aspect to kind of to to give them motivation. Um, across the board, there are, are your the classmates, um, are, are, are they, are they getting by okay? Okay, I hear you. Um, I think definitely when it comes to like the discipline accent or um, aspects of this year and especially being seniors as well, moving into more major specific classes, um, I think that discipline is really important to be able to stay on track, stay on top of your studies and be able to uh, perform for the semester. And I think that, you know, we might get some grade inflation because we are online. It does make it easier to kind of inflate those grades there. But I do think that like the fall semester of 2020's GPA will show if, you know, for the senior class, can we, you know, be able to do this 
on our own and remain autonomous. Um, at least for kind of my social circle, me and my roommates, it has kind of been, you know, kind of a struggle, you know, it's easy to just go hang out with your roommates in the living room or, you know, it, alternatively sitting down here at my desk to do a lecture. I'd much rather go hang out, go play 2K out there and stay here and listen to another adult health lecture, that's for sure. And so, and then that also kind of ties in just the general lack of that, um, not social, but like that socialization too, because like, I feel like a lot of people right now, especially seniors, you know, who are above the age of 21, who can go out, who could be able to go out to bars and stuff now can't because of the current situation that we have, it, it, it kind of takes away from that and that kind of allure of that first semester of your senior year, right? And so, yeah, it has kind of been a struggle and struggle that we have to kind of work through. But what I have noticed alternatively on that side is um, kind of moving back to how I talked about intentionality, more people kind of reaching out via text, via FaceTime, via social media about different things um, just to check in with their people. I think that's at least one thing that good that's come out of this. Okay. You mentioned social media. Um, a lot of time um, in dorm rooms now, a lot of social media activity is way up uh, across the board. Um, and there's a lot of conversation, social conversation going on right now. Um, sometimes uh, you can look at college and, and you, if you talk to students, they'll say that I don't even know what's going on in the world half the time, but this year it feels a lot different. Uh, how are you guys um, kind of seeing how the, the outside world is affecting students at Rockhurst with, with um, you know, social issues, especially uh, racial injustice and things like that? Is it, is it loud or is it just kind of there in the background? I think especially for um, I know kind of our generation kind of grew up, you know, having social media too, and with the increased opportunity now that, like what you're saying, um, can't really go outside. What are you going to do? You're going to look at your phone. You're going to look at social media. I think more people are becoming advocates um, on social media more often. Um, social media definitely has the capacity for that outreach. It always has, but I think that you know, just with the timing of different social justice movements here in our country, as well as the tech savvy generation that we have, we have the ability to be able to pass on new ideas and kind of spread a greater message uh, across social media. And then again, being cooped up because of uh, code restrictions, um, looking at our phones, looking at social media more, to give us more of an opportunity to hear those ideas and hear those perspectives and hear the perspectives uh, of people who are hurting right now in our country. And I think that's really important to listen and be advocates um, social media as well. Yes, I totally agree. Um, I'm kind of like very glad that I grew up and was able to live in the generation that we're in now. I definitely feel like this generation is the impact generation. Um, you're seeing a lot of people's voices be heard and people shouting their opinions and um, more and more people, if you, even if you don't accept it, we can sit down and have a conversation about it. Um, that's something that I definitely like about the generation that we're in right now. Um, and especially as it translates to Rockhurst campus, I definitely feel like the climate has changed a lot since last year as far as like political views and racial injustices. And we're seeing a lot more organizations do more and try to be allies um, and give those members and general members those resources that we need. Um, I think there's a lot of emphasis on obtaining your own information before you come into a conversation, which I definitely think is very important. 
um, in whatever political view or stance that you have. Um, so I definitely believe that this is like the best time to be around right now because you've seen a lot of things change. And hopefully Rockhurst can also implement that change as well and not stay quiet during this time. Brianna, kind of going off, that's something that I've noticed too. Um, Cohen, you're kind of talking about going into researching like different issues. Like, I don't know, at least with just like the people that I know around campus, I feel like people are starting to become more and more better at not just following the headlines and actually going into researching like, hey, okay, what is actually going on here for this specific issue before they make an opinion or they attack someone just because they put a um, headline that their confirmation bias tells them that they don't like. And I think mm -hmm. that level of critical thinking is really huge. I mean, we are college students. We're supposed to be the, the intellectuals, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I see that like um, critical thinking going through and then kind of coupled with that, um, I just feel like this year, especially um, so many more of us here in college or at Rockhurst are registering to vote, uh, I, whether that be here um, in Kansas City or getting an absentee ballot for back home. I think that the voter base for well, all the voter bases are getting more fired up and hopefully we'll see a bigger voter turnout for this election. Absolutely. Like, I don't know, like always, I've always heard like, make sure you vote, make sure you register to vote. But like this year, it's just been so loud. And I'm happy about that. And I'm glad that Rockhurst has those tabling opportunities to register to vote. And you're even seeing like within several organizations that I'm in, we're um, teaching them, okay, well, how do you fill out a ballot? How do you do absentee balloting? Like we're going through all this information to make sure people are prepared, no matter who you vote for, what your stance is. And I definitely think that's very important. Um, and I, I can't forget like the feeling um, of the last election just sitting and I wasn't 18 yet. And it's just, I felt kind of like hopeless, like, man, it's nothing that I can do. Like, obviously there is, but as far as like voting, like that's something that I've always wanted to do. And so now that I am of age and I'm able to have this opportunity to vote, it's just amazing. And I'm very excited because um, I recently turned, you know, 18 last year. So I'm excited about this um, upcoming election and I, I can't wait to see how things turn out. Um, um, I will say though, I feel like no matter what the outcome may be, <clears throat> I think that the climate on Rockhurst campus is going to change. I really think it is. Do you think that, well, I, let me start over. I, I know that there's been some events lately about voter education. Um, I think Bill Kriege in his office had uh, something to, to do with that. Um, are do you feel like the that your fellow students and stuff are are taking this as seriously as you guys are in that they want to be educated before they vote they want to um do all the research that is necessary are they having you know conversations um brianna you mentioned that before or maybe it was you Vince, that uh you would just hear about people voting but this year it's it's really loud um are they, and this goes back to, you know, the, the noise, so to speak, and in terms of um, social issues and stuff like that, are people reading more, listening more, talking more to try to gain more knowledge to make them um, more impactful, as you said, Brianna, impactful generation here? Absolutely. Um, I've, in the past, I've never heard so many um, you say, I'm going to sit down and watch the president debate. 
I've never heard a lot of people say that until this year. And it's like, people were excited. People were like, hey, we're gonna watch the debate in the lobby. We're gonna watch it here. We even had a watch party in um, the Mac on campus. And so it's like, people want that information. And I'm, I'm actually kind of grateful that instead of like waiting to see what social media says about it, you're able to watch it for yourself and get your own opinion before social media takes over about their opinions on the debate. Um, and so I'm actually really grateful for that. And you're seeing a lot of people do more information and background on different candidates, as well as just different views as well. And so that's something that I definitely appreciate. And I feel like the age that we're, we're at now, you kind of have like this disconnect where, you know, you grow up as a young child, your family instills these values um, and whatever the case may be these opinions. But then as you get older, you kind of formulate your own opinion, you formulate your own perspective. And through that, you're able to gain information and knowledge so that you can make your own um, opinion, your own stance. And so um, I definitely think people are going to be more educated and well-informed this time. And I don't think you're not just more educated, just more willing to be a critical thinker, kind of what Brianna was going through. You know, you're not just thinking with, you know, the set mindset that you grew up with, but you're actually using your own uh, individual um, volition and decision-making skills to be able to process what you're seeing. And kind of mentioning going over the bait, you know, I, I, there were so many people that I could hear, you know, they're like, oh, hey, we can have two or three more people to get to the 10-person limit to have a debate watch party in my house. Well, we can have one more over at our house. So that goes to show you there's more people watching it live before the bias mill on social media and the internet gets to pump out whatever they want to frame the debate as. Um, so you can watch for yourself and make your own opinion. Um, I mean, in kind of talking, going back to kind of voter education and I mean, I think I just saw statistics. It was sometime like last or a few weeks ago, there's like a record number of absentee ballots already turned in. So, I mean, people are already making their decisions, um, you know, right now, even you got a few more, like about a month, what, less than a month now. Uh, before the general election. So it's more more people fired up to vote, more people critical thinking. I, I see nothing wrong with that. Um, personally, like I know in the world stage, America actually has some of the like lowest voter turnouts um, compared to some other countries. And I think people are just kind of tired of letting 30% of the country decide, you know, who our elected officials are going to be. So they're gonna abuse their rights and go vote. And I think that's a great thing. A lot of what goes with uh, politics and, and whatnot is just the uh, the conversations that happen and the differences of opinions uh, and whatnot. How do you, uh, what's your read on um, on campus of, of people who have differing opinions? Um, are they being, uh, are they willing to listen to each other? Um, are they willing to let each other, you know, speak a little bit? Um, before before. Um, years ago, you just kind of said what you said, and then that was it. Um, but I feel like now people are willing to listen a little bit more, at least, you know, it's more toward my age. Um, what are you seeing on campus? Are people willing to have those conversations as well as doing the research? I would say it really just depends. Um, I've noticed that within organizations and maybe even like social organizations, when you're able to have that space to facilitate that conversation, then that's where it's had. But as far as like, whether it's on social media or it's a post, it's just, no, you're wrong, I'm right. Like there's no further like conversation 
which is why I don't, I'm not the type of person to go back and forth in the comments. Like I'd rather just have like a face-to-face -face conversation about something. Um, and so that's why I say it would definitely depend. Um, what I will say is though, I've seen a lot of people um, not necessarily band together, but as far as like, you're seeing people be more open about their views. Cause a lot of things can be like a touchy area or people kind of want to beat around the bush about certain political views because they're kind of afraid about like how others may think of them. But now you're seeing people more confident in their views and they're able to tell people like, well, this is where I stand. However, I'm definitely able to hear your point of view as well. Um, I kind of resonate with that. Uh, it's pretty split. I see that split pretty hard on social media on some of the people, on mainly people's like Instagram stories and stuff. Uh, posts like if you vote for X, then you go ahead and hit that unfollow button. I don't want anything to deal with you. But also I've also been seeing people like if you believe that, then I don't want you to be my friend to begin with. And so like kind of what Brianna was saying, there's a lot of more issues where kind of the test horizon. And there is kind of like, you know, it just really depends on the person, you know, are you pretty hardline one way or are you going to actually sit down and listen to somebody make an argument the other, that, that goes the other way. So I feel like it really just depends. I've seen both um, on social media. Um, and I mean, being my age, I mainly followed some of the upperclassmen, maybe sophomores. I don't really follow too many freshmen on social media because I haven't really got the chance to meet them. But at least that's kind of what the vibe I'm getting from, uh, from at least from those two populations. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm going to switch gears completely and, and kind of step into the future a little bit. A year from now, uh, Vince, you're, you're graduated, you're on to, are you going on to grad school or? I plan to uh, work as a nurse, uh, as a registered nurse before going back to grad school. Okay, excellent. So that's where you are in a year. Brianna, hopefully you're back here at Rockhurst. Uh, yes. What do you think life is going to be like in one year from now? Are we are we beyond COVID? Like, what are what's going to be the next phase of not really phase, but what's next for us after COVID? I think I, it's going to be kind of like an earthquake. Like you're going to see like the aftershocks, the after effects, and I think we're going to see the after effects of the election, the after effects of COVID. Um, even like in regards to COVID nineteen, you're seeing a lot of different. Um, people who have more anxiety or more depression even afterwards, especially during quarantining. And so I definitely think mental health will be at a rise next year. Um, and then as far as like that social aspect, I think that social distancing is still gonna be a thing because we also have to realize that if there is a vaccination and if there is that opportunity, usually it's like a trickle down, like who's gonna get it first? Even as far as COVID tests, not everyone was able to get a COVID test immediately. You know, we had like that timeline of things trickling down. So um, I don't know as far as like how a vaccine would be, but I'm very interested to see like, you know, when a vaccine passes and when it's readily available, will schools make COVID vaccinations um, required for enrollment? I'm very interested to see like how that's going to all work out. I think point. a year from now, and I mean, we're starting to see it, you know, not even today, but several, you know, maybe one or two months ago, you're going to start to see people starting to get tired of the whole COVID situation. And unfortunately, with how <laughs> pandemics work, it's, it, it's, it's kind of unrealistic to go back to a quote unquote normalcy, right? Like back to zero. 
a year from now, we're gonna have to deal with how to live with COVID. Um, we can, if we can get it down to a acceptable rate, whatever that is, just like pneumonia, the flu, other diseases that we have. Um, I don't think we're gonna be able to get rid of it completely one year. That's just not how epidemiology works, unfortunately. And so I think uh, the challenge for, I guess a year from now is how do we just from the policies that we have in place right now to where we can have the best experience while dealing with a COVID that may be on the back burner, fingers crossed, right back on the back burner um, next year. And then another thing too, kind of touching the social aspect again as well, I think that this freshman class being acclimatized to college in a pandemic is kind of like a new speciation event for the university culture as a whole. I know when I got here, I inherited a lot of the culture that was built on before uh, that we have here at Rockers, but now that these students have a completely different freshman year experience, you know, these are going to be the next RAs, these are going to be the next orientation leaders and ambassadors. How are they going to carry that new culture that they develop after the freshman year, whatever it may be, and impression that on the next freshman class. And so that's something to watch for as well. That's actually very interesting. There was two things that you said that I really liked. Um, as far as like what is normal, um, and I always tell my friends like, let us not return to normal. I feel like during this um, pandemic, we've learned a lot of things. We were able to grow with a lot of things, whether it's family dynamics, whether it's getting more so um, involved with school, trying your best to actually do the best you can within like the certain circumstances that we have. And then as far as like this new first year class, I definitely believe like you're going to see a really different community because at Rockhurst, you know, I remember last year I came onto Rockhurst campus. Everyone said, hello, hi. Like I could not know them and like that was just like the norm. But now it's like, ooh, don't be next to me, six feet. Like, no, don't talk to me. You know, it's kind of like that. And so when you think about um, classes passing down information, you know, generation by generation, there is going to be a difference. Um, and I wonder how that's going to impact Rockhurst as a whole. And like, if that is the case, um, how Rockhurst is going to be kind of be able to combat that and make those new experiences so that we can kind of have that feeling and that excitement that we did before, you know, COVID-19 even happened on campus. If there's one thing from pre-pandemic at Rockhurst that you could bring back with the snap of fingers, snap of your fingers, and it'd be fine. What would it be? Ooh. Um, I would go with fraternity and sorority life events on campus. Um, I am the external vice president for Pi Kappa Alpha. My cabinet is pretty much in charge of coordinating different events, whether that be social events, recruitment events, um, philanthropy or service events. And we just haven't been able to do that. Um, and I think that's just a huge part of um, the freshman experience uh, when they do come to campus. You know, we weren't able to do our Hopkins 5K fundraiser, which we get over 350 runners to every single year. And that's something huge that happens during family weekend. And so uh, those bigger events that we can host on campus uh, between the FSL organizations, I think that's something that I would really want to bring back if, you know, I could. <laughs> right. Yes. I would definitely say probably um, family weekend. I remember being able to meet like all my friends' family and having the barbecue and ice cream. Like it was just such a great time. And I feel like it was definitely needed mentally for a lot of students, you know, as you're starting college, you're kind of like almost ahead in midterms. Um, that was probably one of my favorite events back on campus last year, pre-pandemic. 
Um, so I could bring it back, I definitely would. All right. Well, hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. Um, guys, uh, that's a wrap for episode one. Um, well done. Uh, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Um, for you out there listening, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, you can find this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we'll look wherever else we can put it. And also on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash rockhursthawk. All right. So for Brianna and Vince, um, I'm Chad Chenard. Thanks for listening.